And a happy Sunday to you. We are just a couple minutes past uh, one o'clock here on a Sunday. Good to have you along for the show. John Scholes here and always Lior Samfiru. Samfiru, Tamark and LLP, always in attendance and ready to go. We have questions. Well, you have questions. We have answers. We got topics. We got emails. We got open phone lines as well. The main topic in just a bit will be everything you need to know about working notice of termination. We've uh, discussed that, uh, that topic before briefly on this show. We've had phone calls, people wondering, what is that all about? We're going to clear the air for you for the remainder of this hour. But as always, your uh, phone calls are top priority here on the show, 416-872-1010, 416-872-1010. You can also text your questions to simply 71010, and Leo and I will get through those today. But uh, yeah, grab a phone now. We got lots of open lines, man. We got lots of open time. We're ready for you. And uh, to answer any of your questions, don't sit in bewilderment when it comes to your employment, your workplace knowledge. Clear it up right here and now. Email is help at disability rights. Or pardon me, help at employmentrights.ca. And anytime you want to go here too, it's a fantastic website built just for you. Education purposes and access to that severance calculator. That's a beauty. And that can be had freely and anonymously. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But all that said, uh, Leo, you got a couple things you want to talk about off the hop of the week that was. What's going on, pal? Hey, Johnny. Employment law really is such an important topic. That's why we, we do this show. Been doing it for years. We'll continue doing it for years because we want to help as many people as possible. You know, sometimes you've been working for a while and things have been good and you never really thought you'd have to know much about the law. And then something happens all of a sudden. Your boss changes or you're, you're not treated properly. Maybe your job now is in jeopardy and you just need to understand, wait a second, is this all right? Is this legal? I'm a good employee. What rights do I have? Well, you can find out right now. Good place to start calling us live right now on the show so that I can tell you I can help alleviate those concerns. But of course, you may want to have a longer discussion than what we can have on air. That's fantastic as well. Let's connect off air. We'll keep giving you the contact information so you can reach me in the office, uh, phone or email. Wrongful dismissal, constructive dismissal, human rights, discrimination, bullying, harassment, you name it. This is the time to talk about it. And of course, uh, we are, are always ready for you and your questions. And let me talk about a couple of situations that came across my desk this week. John, we've always talked, we've talked many times, I should say, about severance deadlines and how mm-hmm. the fact that it's a pressure tactic and you really need to ignore those. Well, I have a matter that I dealt with this week that really puts that into focus. On Tuesday, this uh, past Tuesday morning, uh, we get a call in the office from someone saying, I was let go yesterday, the previous day, Monday, and my severance offers ex- expires today. So they gave me 24 hours. So please, please, I need to speak with the lawyer right away to understand if my severance offer is fair. Well, he spoke with one of our assistants whose job is to schedule a call. And she said, unfortunately, we won't be able to speak to you until Thursday. But he's like, but no, uh, you know, I need to speak to someone today. My offer expires today. Well, she's been doing this a long time and she calms him down and convinces him, don't worry about it. Nothing's going to happen. You don't need to worry about the severance deadline. Just wait until Thursday to speak with one of our lawyers. So I spoke to him myself on Thursday. And here's what I found out, John. He was offered severance the equivalent of about $12,000. He was given that 24 hours to accept it. Well, what he was really owed is about $61,000. Well, does that now tell us exactly why his employer was so, so eager for him to sign within 24 hours? They were hoping they'd feel feel that pressure tactic. 
they were hoping that he's not going to have time to get legal advice and realize that he's owed an extra $50,000. And yeah, it's exactly what happened. Luckily, he wasn't taken, you know, even though he was nervous, even though he was apprehensive. Ultimately, he agreed that that deadline should be ignored. And thank God that he did. He's going to get the severance that he's owed. I'm on it. My teams are on it. We're going to get this resolved very quickly. But gosh, this has to be a lesson to everyone out there. Every time you're let go, every severance letter, severance package that you're going to look at is going to have a deadline. You better accept this by this date. Why is there a deadline? Think about it. You know, the law says that you, you have to get paid a certain amount of severance. So why is the employer putting a deadline on it? Well, they're putting a deadline because they want you to feel that sense of urgency, almost a sense of desperation to accept it, because chances are that what they've offered you is not good. That's why we've said this on the show. We'll keep saying this forever. Don't worry about that deadline. It doesn't matter. Your rights don't expire on that deadline. They don't expire for two whole years. Do the right thing. Call my office. You don't like me. Call someone else. But you have to do the right thing. Get that advice for him. If he had accepted that severance offer, John, he would have lost on $50,000. And there's no way, even though that's such a short deadline, he can't go back on that saying, well, I felt really pressured. It was 24 hours. Once he's kind of signed it, he's uh, kind of done, right? If he had signed it. If he had signed it, yeah, he would have been done. Now, if he said, no, you're, you have to sign this now before you leave the room, yeah, maybe he could have. Even then, it would have been difficult. But because they gave him that 24 hours, even though it's ridiculous, if he had signed it, he had been stuck with it. And every week, I speak with people in exactly that situation. Lior, I signed that offer a few weeks ago because I felt the pressure. Now I've calmed down. I want you to help me. And I have to tell him, I can't help you, unfortunately, because you signed that offer. Uh, don't let that happen to you. If you're listening right now to the uh, this, this show on, on this station, you know better. You know not to let that happen to you. If you lose your job, whatever the deadline is, you give me a call. And again, you can give us a call right now. we got lots of time. We're just getting warmed up, right? 416-872-1010 to call the station. Get on air with us and uh, and ask your questions. 416-872-1010. Let's bring it on. Uh, what else you got going on, pal? So I spoke with a lady who had been off for uh, a few months on a uh, on a medical leave. She had a, a serious health issue. She worked hard to get better and ultimately was able to resume employment. Now, her job had always been remote. Uh, she'd always worked from home, and then she was looking forward to come back to work. When she told her employer she's coming back to work, they said, well, unfortunately, we, we don't have that job available for you. But good news, we have a different job for you. This job has to have you come into the office every day. And by the way, if you decide that that's not for you, that's okay, but we'll consider you to have resigned. So, of course, she was very upset, and then she called me, and she wanted to understand her rights. So here's the thing. Her employer needs to make all efforts, of course, to bring her back to the same job after her disability leave. Now, let's give the employer the benefit of the doubt. Let's say they tried, and that old job just didn't exist anymore, even though they tried. Well, because that new job they offered her is very different, instead of working remotely, Now they're going to have to have her work in the office every day. Because it's so different, if she doesn't accept it, it's not a resignation. It's a constructive dismissal. A constructive dismissal happens when your employer makes significant changes to the terms of employment. Same thing applies when you come back from a disability leave. That means she's going to be owed severance. This lady had been there over 10 years. She's probably going to be owed somewhere north of a year's severance, north of 12 months. Uh, So it's not a resignation. That's an important reminder there for everyone that your employer doesn't get to decide that you've resigned. They don't get to say that, well, if you don't do something, you've resigned. No, 
They can say, if you don't do something, we'll let you go. If we don't do something, we'll pay you severance. But they don't get to make up your mind for you that you've resigned. Anytime that happens, I can almost guarantee you that that's illegal. Give me a call if you're ever in that situation, especially if you're coming back from a leave. But just generally, if your employer says you've resigned and you didn't, that's not legal. Again, we're ready to uh, to roll here live on the uh, on the air. You want to give us your phone calls. We'd love to have some conversation with you, answer some questions you may have, maybe for you yourself or a friend, colleague uh, that you're working with or was working with, and then they got let go, whatever. You can call us, 416-872-1010. But really want to get into this, everything you need to know about working notice of termination. You know, we, we spent a lot of time in the show, Leo, talking about severance. But they don't actually have to pay severance as far as a dollar amount all the time. We're talking about employers. If they're willing to give enough advance notice, tell me about that. Break it down. So we we say the word severance often on the show. We talk about the amount of severance that someone is owed. We tell you how to calculate it. It's based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. But in some situations, your employer does not actually have to pay severance. Now, what your employer can choose to do instead of paying you the severance that you're owed is give you the equivalent by way of notice, advance notice of termination. So what do I mean by that? Let's say based on all the factors, you are owed nine months severance, just as an example. What your employer can do, instead of letting you go and paying you nine months severance, they can tell you, I'm giving you notice that nine months from now, your employment comes to an end. I'm telling you today that in nine months, your job is done. We call that working notice of termination. And generally speaking, if the employer gives enough notice, if they give enough notice to meet those obligations, then they've met their obligations. They don't have to pay severance. Hmm. So something to keep in mind, a lot of people think that, well, they gave me notice. Maybe it's not legal. I don't really want to be there. We'll talk about what that means. But just generally keep in mind that an employer can avoid paying severance by, of course, giving you sufficient notice of termination. So if, if they're going to do that, how is that done? They just call you in the office and say, oh, by the way, Chief, we're, uh, we're going to give you 12 months severance, but uh, you know what, just hang around for a year. You'll be fine. Okay, back to work. I mean, how do they, how's the structure work for the employer? Well, generally speaking, uh, you know, a lot of employers prefer not to do that. So certainly a lot of employers choose not to give that much notice, but they can. And the way they have to do that, it has to be in writing. So uh, notice, uh, working notice is not effective. It's not, uh, doesn't do anything unless it's in writing. Uh, and what it has to do is give you the end date, the specific end date. Your job will end on this date. If they say, well, your job is going to end at some point in the next nine months, that's not effective notice. It's as if they never gave you notice. If they say your job is going to end on June 15th, that's fine because they give you a specific time frame. So your employer has to outline that and, of course, has to allow everything to continue your pay for that period of time. So the key is in writing with a specific and clear end date. And with that, we're going to take a small break. We've got some phone calls coming through, so bring them on. Get in line, man. we got lots of open lines, and we're super excited to have you uh, have you join us. 416-872-1010. Email address, if we got some time as well, near the end of the show. That's going to be help at employmentlawyer.ca. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we continue with the Employment Law Show. Stand by. Coming right back. All right. Welcome back to it. Almost one nineteen Sunday afternoon. So good to have you along for the show. John Scholes hosting. Lawyer always, Lior Sanfiru. Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. They do amazing work. You should have no trepidation about giving them a call and even discussing your matter. It won't cost you to pick up a phone and say, hey, Lior, how about this? Here's my situation. Um, when you do that, when the show is over, it's really simple. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But as we always encourage you to do, call the show 
here and now. Get on air and talk with us, 416-872-1010, And uh, in that regard, I think we're going to get to our uh, get to our phone calls. Hey, Tony, how are you, Bill? Yeah, hey, good, good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, yeah, here's, here's, so it's not for me, but it's a friend of mine. It's just taking me through his uh, nightmare. So he's a, a sales executive, executive for, a, for a technology company. And um, and he's really stressed out because it's already hard doing that job and, and trying to get uh, you know hit numbers and stuff and um, so his his compensation plan the variable component of his pay was dependent on selling products and services in the first year of his employment in the second year of his employment the employer said no no it's just services products you, you don't have to worry about that anymore it's just services and the services part is the harder part to sell so i i'm curious in in the in the in employment law world is that is that constitute constructive at that point can that be construed as constructive absolutely so what they're actually doing there is they're they're really reducing his pay and certainly they're changing his compensation structure and that's one of the biggest thing an employer cannot do an employer cannot make significant changes to terms of employment and in this case they're really making it difficult or if not impossible for him to earn the income that he was supposed to earn so yeah what you're describing tony can absolutely be a constructive dismissal uh and he has to make a choice now but he has a very small window to make that choice which is either to accept it and continue working, in which case that's it, he's kind of stuck, or he treats it as a constructive dismissal. If he does decide he wants to go the constructive dismissal route, before he tells his employer anything, before he does really anything at all, he has to give me a call so that we can do this right, Tony. I see. Okay, so that's the advice. I'm going to get him to call you. No, no, that, that's all I was looking for. I, I thought that was, was kind of... Yeah, unfair on his part. So I appreciate that answer. Thank you, sir. No Thanks, problem. buddy. All right. Uh, I, I think we still have some music going on there. I mean, it's nice, but I don't know. We can keep it going, but I think I still hear music back in the in the background. It's very soothing, but uh, we'll get to Lawrence either way, and we're done. Lawrence, how are you doing, pal? What's going on today? Oh, well, I got something maybe similar. To okay. Um, I work for a large construction company, and uh, I'm, one of the, I'm one of a number of salespeople, and... Um, a couple of things have gone on lately that uh, it's not like they've tried to change, let's say, commission percentages of things. But what's been happening is is that once the salespeople sell the job, it heads over to our production department, and we lose all control of, of anything that happens. So if choices are made that affect our commission, lower profitability on the job, um, there's everybody's compensated in various ways, but we all have a component. Um, some guys are a small percentage with a base pay. Some guys are 100% commission rate. So we're all dependent on the profitability of the job at the end. So when the production team makes choices that are within their control that aren't maybe necessarily the greatest, one example that's been happening lately is um, manpower issues. Um, they've not been keeping up, and the retention is horrible. Um, we've been getting a lot of junior people put on jobs we have no control over, but it's affecting um, productivity. And so profitability is dropping, which affects commissions. If a job goes negative, they're actually um, clawing back the commission based on the losses from future projects. Mm. Um, 
So, and there's a number of things. Like we're also, um, the company shifted focus to try and go after the larger construction projects, which traditionally have take more effort, but actually are less profitable as a percentage. So again, you're working, you know, harder, longer to gain one of these jobs. And in the end, the the overall profitability is less than if we had, let's say, done four smaller jobs. So the commission is less. So it's not like they're trying to change the compensation package or anything, but the way they're running the company now is having an effect. So ultimately what this comes down to is whether or not they're acting in good faith. So obviously your employer has an obligation to, to act in good faith so that you can earn the income that you're supposed to earn and and get properly rewarded for your efforts. So if they're if they're completely non-caring and nonchalant and and are making silly ridiculous decisions just because they don't they don't care, then that could be a huge problem. That could be a constructive dismissal. On the other hand, if they're choosing to go a certain path, even though it may not be the most profitable or easiest for you, but they're doing that in good faith to try to grow their business, then they can do that. So there's a bit of a fine line here. And the other thing that we would want to look at is your employment agreement, because it's possible that in your employment agreement, it says what the company is or isn't allowed to do uh, in certain situations. If you think that this is a case where the company has completely dropped the ball, acting in bad faith, they're, they're, they're really uh, messing things up, then we should talk about it off air. That may be a constructive dismissal uh, and, and uh, definitely warrants some more analysis at that point. Like I know the, I know all our agreements speak to just how much we're paid on, on, on margin, on the profit dollars, but it doesn't speak to like they're silent on anything about negative commissions or anything. It's just a simple, Good. you know, positive statement saying you'll make X percentage off margin after all jobs. One of the other things, too, is that they've also, larger jobs take longer. So whereas we used to do jobs, sell a job, see it completed and get paid in six months, we're now seeing jobs. I have a job I just sold that won't start till 2025 and won't finish till 2028. Wow. So work now. So that's, I mean, we're, we're, it's not... The, the, it's fundamentally changing, but how do you go about doing that? Is it just they're not doing anything wrong, but maybe we just all need to sit down with them and say, hey, this is affecting us? Yeah, I mean, certainly if, if we decide ultimately that the company's not doing anything legally wrong, that doesn't mean that they're not doing something that's going to hurt their business and, and hurt you guys that they depend on. So yeah. at, that, at that point, the best advice may be, yeah, let's have or sit down with them and have a conversation where they understand how this is going to impact you. And if it impacts you, you they may have people that are going to leave or not going to be motivated and everyone loses in that scenario. And hopefully there's a way to work it. But what you no, described can also potentially be a constructive dismissal. So we really should have that chat off air, Lawrence, for me right. to understand more about how things used to be versus how things they are. Because, yeah, we could still be in constructive dismissal territory here. All right. One last quick thing on it. If that is that's giving them the benefit of the doubt and they really do want to do right by us and whatnot, is that something that you guys get involved with on behalf of, you know, let's say a group of 12 sales guys could like help us? you know, prepare our side of things kind of thing? Sure. Absolutely do? we can. Okay. Absolutely we can. I, and I would highly okay. recommend that too. 
Lawrence, appreciate the call, pal. Got to let you go. I'm going to give you that number again because I know you're going to use it. If you don't have it written down already, it sounds like you've been listening to the show for some time. one 821 5900 Lawrence, and for you, if you're listening as well, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, right here and now, just like Lawrence, you got lots of time to call in and talk to us, get some get some answers right to your question, 416-872-1010. Got uh, Nal on the line next. You know what's funny, Nal? It's going through our topic for today as you were listening. There's everything you need to know about working notice determination. And my next question for Lior was, how much notice should an employee be getting? Which is exactly the question you're asking. So I'm wondering if Nal's got a camera in my office. I don't know. Either that or he's got some pretty good intuition. What's going on, pal? How are you? All right, we're back. It's one thirty-two. Thank you so much for sticking around. John Scholes here, Lior Sanfiru, of course, on a Sunday afternoon. Lots of time still for you to call in. And I think we lost now, but maybe now we'll come back. Now and then, uh, 416-872-1010 for you to call as well, 416-872-1010. The text is 71010, and if you want to send us along an email anytime, not just for the hour of the show, of course, it is help at employmentlawyer.ca. But we were talking about the main topic, Lior, as you know, everything you need to know about working notice of termination. Now, if we flip it over to the side of the employer, um, they're going to ask, you know, Lior, how much notice should I be getting, giving an employee? A week, two weeks, two years? What's uh, What's the range? Well, if you're an employer and you don't want to pay severance, you want to give the equivalent amount of notice. In other words, you want to fulfill your severance obligations by giving the sufficient amount of notice. Well, you have to start by figuring out how much notice you give. Well, to figure out that, that out, there's a number of factors. And the same factors that go into deciding how much severance you owe is the same factors you're going to look at to determine how much notice you owe. So you're going to look at the person's age, their position and the length of their employment, those are the big factors. So the longer you work, the older you are, and the more senior a position you have, the more severance slash notice you are owed. Now, that means that even if you're working somewhere for a few months, you could be owed a few months severance or notice. Uh, That means that even uh, if you're uh, not in a senior position or you're part-time or you're seasonal, you're still going to be owed notice and or severance in that situation. Uh, And no, it's not a week per year or two weeks or three weeks. For most people, it's going to be measured in months. And it can be as much or even more than two years of severance or notice. So an employer doesn't get to meet their obligations by saying, we're letting you go with two weeks notice. That's not even close. That employer is going to have to make up the difference then by way of severance. So we have a tool. We've talked about it before. John mentioned it, but I'll mention it now as well. If you want to know how much severance or notice you're owed, or if you're an employer that wants to know how much is owed, just go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and use our severance calculator tool there. It's going to take you seconds. And of course, it's free and anonymous. And whatever the number that you get at the end, maybe it's 12 months, 18 months, whatever that number is, that's true for both severance and notice, John. You betcha. And the text number again is 71010, but the phone number is 416-872-1010. Let me get to this one, uh, Lior, so we make a heads or tails of it. It says, can an employer implement a new policy financially penalizing employees if mistakes slash errors happen in the process of completing a task, causing that task to be redone? Employer feels too many mistakes are happening and has advised employees a cash fine will be implemented for each mistake. Employer seems to be using this fine as punishment, I'd say. Uh, no product loss incurred or only time loss to the redo of the particular task. How about that, Lior? What do you think? So an employer would have to have a written policy that the employee signed that was available before the beginning of employment 
that says, if you do X and you cause us this loss, we will deduct this from your pay. Now, that employee still has to get paid at least minimum wage. So you can't do that to take away their minimum wage. Uh, uh, but it has to be in writing. The employee has to approve it. Because if not, if the if there's no written policy that the employee accepted and the employee makes some sort of mistake, let's say you're, I don't know, you're a server at a restaurant and you broke some glasses and the employer says, well, we're going to deduct the price of those glasses from your pay. <laughs> can't do that. Okay. That's the cost of doing business. The employer is expected to understand that and they may have to incur some losses. So you can't do that. On the other hand, if the employee signs something in advance saying, if that happens, you can take it away, then that's okay. Keep in mind, if you're an employee, you don't have to accept something like this. It would be something pretty extreme. And without you signing something like this, your employer can't just deduct things from your pay. So the defining line is, you know, you can't just throw that out there mid-employment out of the blue and say, oh, by the way, guys, new rule. This is what happens. They're going to find you if you break this or misplace that or screw up this deal, right? Absolutely not. It no. would be inappropriate. An employee should not sign that. And and no, it'd be something that the employee and employer should have agreed to at the beginning of the employment relationship cool. with the employee signing. And if that's what they agree to, that's okay. Again, as long as the person's still going to ultimately make at least minimum wage. That's why you catch a show every week and you still got time to both text right there, 71010, or call us live on air, 416-872-1010. In the meantime, talking about everything you need to know about working notice of termination. Leo, what happens if the employee doesn't want to continue working? Figured, oh, you're, I got to hang around here for a year and languish. Everybody knows that I'm going to let go. I don't like this. Yeah, and, and I get that asked often. So the employer told me... I'm gone in 12 months. They give me 12 months, but I don't want to come into work. How's that nice? How's that fair? How's that comfortable for me? I just want to leave today. Well, you can, of course, but you won't be owed severance. You won't be owed any compensation. Uh, and, and here's something to, to keep in mind. Let's say your employer gives you a certain amount of notice. Mm-hmm. If they don't give you enough notice, they have to make up that difference by way of severance. So let's say that example where someone got 12 months notice. If they should have gotten 20 months, well, at the end of the 12 months, the employer should pay them an extra eight to make up the difference. But if the employee leaves before the end of employment, they're considered to have resigned. And if you resign, you're not going to be owed any severance, anything further. So if your employer gives you enough notice or gives you notice and you leave before, you're not owed anything else. But one thing to to work with your employer with is or is to say to your employer, for example, hey, employer... You told me that I'm I'm gone in 12 months. How about this as a suggestion? Mm-hmm. How about I leave next week and you pay me for six? Okay, so you don't have to pay me a full 12 months and I don't have to come in because it's not comfortable. So it's kind of a win-win. Worst thing the employers can do is say no. You can try to negotiate that aspect with the employer. But generally the rule is if you leave before your last day of employment, you're considered to have resigned. Has that been successful? Oh, absolutely. Really good. Let me let me share a secret. When, an, when the employer gives you 12 months notice, they're not really happy about that. It's not like they necessarily want you there for the 12 months. They do that probably for because they want to cap off their severance obligations. So if they can have you leave earlier and get a discount on the severance, that employer may see that as a very good deal. It could absolutely be successful, and it may be better for the employee. Let's face it, most employees would rather – uh, get paid not having to come to work as opposed to having to go to work every day. So uh, it could be a win-win in that situation. Get to a call again, 416-872-1010. Rick, you're on, pal. How are you? Hi, Rick. Have we got Rick? Rick's still there? Oh, Rick's oh. not having? There he is. Hey, your name's Rick, right? Did I get that right? Yeah. No, it yeah, is. Yeah. 
Okay. Hello. What's going on, Bill? Okay. Um, I just want to touch on something you just said a few minutes ago about de- mm-hmm. um, deducting pay. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm a supervisor for a, a fairly large trucking company, and we got bought out about two years ago. So we never really received an employment contract. Now, one of my drivers made a boo-boo due to construction last week, where, or a couple of weeks ago, where he... Um, he was taking the same route every day, and then all of a sudden construction changed lanes on him, and he ended up on the 407. So he went to the next exit, turned around, got back on the 407, and then continued on on the route that he was supposed to be on. The 407 bill is $125. They, I got informed by my superiors on Friday that they are going to deduct that 125 from his pay. Not legal. to do that. No, no, it's it's not legal. An employer can only deduct from pay with the employee's written consent. Written consent. So uh, if the employee approves that, then yeah, they can uh, deduct from pay in writing. Uh, if he approves it, if not, that they're not allowed to to deduct that. They can potentially discipline the employee if if the employee did something wrong that he should have known better. Uh, okay. If they want to, they can take legal action against the employee. It would be inappropriate here, but theoretically. But they're not allowed to do without the employee's written consent is to deduct from pay. I know that that seems like the natural thing to do, but not allowed to do that. Okay, yeah, because I was informed that his next pay, the 407 bill, they sent me a copy of the bill uh, with his truck and trailer number or the license plate number. So through GPS, they knew it was him. So they told me they will be deducting his uh is pay for to pay that bill and i um, i haven't notified him yet because he was off on friday and i only found this out on friday afternoon so i'll be mm. notifying uh, him of that tomorrow so um i guess i'm kind of in a sticky situation as a supervisor because i'm supposed to be as much for, for the company as i am for my employees but being a former driver myself and um i'm generally fight for my employees right Listen, what you do, I'll leave in your good hands. All I can tell you is that it's not legal. And and if the employee wanted to pursue that, not only could he get his money back, there could be some some fine and penalties on the company for doing that. So you may want to just alert the company if that is the case. And ultimately, they'll make the decision. uh, But it's it's certainly not something that they can do legally, no. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate the call, pal. And uh, to go forward, either for yourself for more information or for your uh, your colleague there, it's uh, it's 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. We are talking about uh, the main topic this afternoon. As you know, is everything you need to know about working notice of termination. Um, is there a chance or is it fairly common that at the end of that uh, the period that they owe a little more money? So, to a former employee? So remember the, the kind of thing that I've been saying on the show and every show for years and years and years that if you're let go, the severance that you're offered is almost guaranteed to be less than what you're actually owed. Well, the same thing happens usually with notice. So if you've been provided with certain amount of notice of termination, chances are that that's not enough. Probably a 90% chance that that notice is just not enough. What does that mean? That means that at the end of the notice, the company has to make up the difference. So if you should have gotten 18 months notice and you were given 12 months notice, well, you still owed six months. And if, when you're done at the end of that, that notice, the company has to pay you by way of severance that extra six months. 
So chances are that you're owed much more. But this goes back to what I was saying earlier. You may think, oh, great, the company owes me another six months. That's fine. But if you leave before your last day, you're considered to have resigned. And if you've resigned, you don't get that extra six months. You don't get anything. So you want to always keep that in mind. In some situations, you may want to resign. Maybe there's a job opportunity that's really good and you would rather take that than get that extra six-month severance. And that's fine. But you at least have to understand that you're probably owed more severance at the end and you won't get it if you leave. One more small break before we get back to more of that topic and your phone call. So line them up and bring them on at 416-872-1010 is how you get on the show. You can email help at employmentlawyer.ca or we'll bounce back over to the texts. See if there's any fresh ones lying around there. That number would be 71010 as well. We'll continue with the Employment Law Show. Hang on, coming right back. You sure are. Thank you so much uh, for joining us this hour as well. It's one forty nine here on your Sunday. Just an awesome day. Awesome day for sure. We're talking employment law and in between the phone calls as well. We've been talking about what you need to know about working notice of termination, but we put that on the on the back burner till we get to everybody on air who's more important, like you, Steve. What's going on, pal? Hi, good afternoon. Great show. Hey, um, thanks, man. I just want to, uh, I have a friend that uh, works for, let's say, Company A. They provide uh, office services and they contract out to customers, right? And they bid on the contract every four years. They've been notified that the customer will no longer be using their services, but they want to hire my friend, right? Um, So is that a clear-cut case of severance? And what happens if, you know, he takes the job um, once he gets laid off? Is is that pretty clear-cut? So... He's going to be losing his job with the company, but hired directly by the customer. Is that correct. what's that's going to correct. happen? Yeah. Okay. That's correct. Yeah. So believe it or not, what might actually happen is that the customer inherits their service or your friend's service, meaning he's not necessarily going to be owed severance right now. He's going to have his service recognized. That means that let's say a year from now, five years, 10 years from now, if he loses his job with the customer, the severance that they have to pay him at that point would be would account for the for the service that he also had with the previous company, so that's what usually happens with kind of uh, cleaning providers, building services providers. Uh, the, the, there's a rule there that that makes it so if you're continuing to work uh, in the same way but with someone else, they inherit your service. Does that make sense, Steve? Yeah, it does. So even if there's a short period of time, let's say they move over to that company, they they keep working, and then six months down the road. They get laid off from there. Let's just say they're still owed their all the years of severance they had. Correct. Yes, he, okay. he's going to be owed uh, his severance at that point based on his total years. Now, the the key though is this, and you have to tell him if in in taking him over to the new company, if they want if they want him to sign a new employment agreement, mm-hmm. he can't sign without me seeing it. Because one of the things that that employment agreement can do is try to eliminate some or all of that past service. And that means he's left unprotected. So before he signs on that dotted line, if and when they ask him to sign, then I need to speak to him. If they're not asking him to sign, they say, yeah, just start Monday. That's that's good. I'm happy about that. Okay. But if they ask him to sign an employment agreement, which my guess is that they will, have him send me a copy and, and uh, call me to, to discuss it. Okay, perfect. And if he refuses to take the job and says, no, I'm not interested in that, his other company is liable for his severance, correct? 
Correct. There's going to be old severance. Now, there may be a bit of a reduction in severance because he didn't accept the other offer and it depends on why he didn't accept it. So certainly something that he and I would need to discuss and kind of get in the weeds a bit more. Uh, but right. you're generally right that he would be old severance. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate you uh, dropping by this afternoon. And again, 416-872-1010. You still got a, a couple minutes to get on air. Nicholas, hi there. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Good, sir. What's up? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find out if uh, if uh, I've been working with this company. I'm always telling you, you are self-employed, you're self-employed. But I've been, I work more than eight hours every day for the same company. But they are telling you are self-employed. I want to find out, am I self-employed? I'm an employee of the company. Yeah, if you're working for them for a number of years, regular kind of eight hours a day, Monday to Friday, you're, you're going to be an employee of that company. It doesn't matter really what they say you are, what you signed. You're, you're probably going to be considered to be an employee in the eyes of the law. Okay, that's that's good because I've been working more than eight hours every day for the last four years. The same company, I don't go anywhere. And they gave me a truck to be using to do the job. They gave me a truck to be using to be paying for the truck as well for the company. So I just want to for what I'm qualified for. They've not been paying my holidays, nothing. But they always tell you, oh, you are self-employed. You're by your own self. You understand? So it's just very confusing. I don't know why. Well, I'm telling you right now so that you don't be confused. If you've been there four years or however long it's been now, you are an employee of that company. So that means a few things. Number one is, yes, they do owe you vacation pay and holiday pay and overtime pay if you if, if you qualify to that. Now, to get that, to get vacation pay, et cetera, you'd have to file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. Uh, if they let you go, you're owed severance because you are an employee, and that could be many months of severance. If that happens, if they let you go, you give me a call and I'll help you get the severance that you're owed. So if you want to pursue vacation pay, et cetera, you can. You have to file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. If not, if they let you go, you call me. Okay. And then one thing, right now I'm sick a little bit. I cannot perform my job fully. So I don't know. I cannot work full-time because I'm sick. So you need to provide them a, a doctor's note saying that you can't uh, work right now. and Or if there's something else that you can do, the doctor can say that and they have to accommodate. And then when you're ready to come back to work, if they don't take you back, you call me right away. But you need a doctor's note. Yes, I told them that. And I'm going to, I'm going to see you every day. And I've showed them the doctor's note. They allow Good. me and they're giving me half of my job, which I'm doing. But they're not paying me full payment. They're paying me half. Okay, well, if you're, if you're doing half the job, then they can give you half the pay. That's okay. Okay. But they cannot let me go, right? Well, they can let you go with severance. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and again, you've been there for four years. It could be about six, seven, even eight months of severance potentially. So if they do let you go, you, you call me. Okay, but you know what happened? The company we were working for before, for 10 years, they bought that company. They bought that company with all the workers. And I, I went oh. for 10 years. They bought that company, and then they took us with the company, a new company that worked there now for four years. So in all, I'm working for about 15 years, getting to 15 years now, because they bought that company with all the work. Well, then, then my friend, you're, you're a 15-year employee, uh, yeah. and that means that much more severance. It could be owed 18 months, 20 months of severance. So definitely, if you are let go at any point before you do anything, you call me and, you know, there's no way you're a contractor or self-employed. You are an employee, full stop. 
Thanks, Nicholas. Appreciate the call. And obviously, you know what you're talking about because you've heard the show as well, because that's an interesting point that he just made. Actually, probably it could be arguably the most important point that he made at the end was he was that company was previously bought and they kept him on. That really increased his severance from what, what do you say, four years to 14 years. That's huge. Well, yeah, he was a 10-year employee. They bought the company. They took the employee with them, meaning yeah. they carried over the seniority. And yeah, and this is such a common situation where you've been there for years, you work full-time, he says eight hours a day, and they say you're self-employed. Come on. <laughs> then if he's self-employed, then then who is an employee? Right. It's yeah. nonsense. It's a misclassification. Uh, they're breaking several employment laws here. Uh, so definitely not something an employer is allowed to do. Let's get back to our chat in the last couple of minutes of uh, working notice of termination. So say someone's on working notice six months, eight months, whatever. How much leeway does the employer have to make a few adjustments of the job during that time or can they not touch it? So the same rule applies. An employer cannot make significant changes to the terms of employment. We've said that before because if they do, that's a constructive dismissal. So your employer can't just demote you and make it embarrassing for you. They can't just reduce your pay in a significant way. They can't change your hours of work in a, in a significant way. That that same rules apply if you're during a working notice period. So if your employer says, yeah, we're keeping you for nine months, and nine months you're losing your job, but in the meantime, we're going to change you from mornings to afternoon shifts, can't do that. Hmm. What mean, What that means is that if they make such a change like that, you can say, no, employer, thank you. That's a constructive dismissal, meaning I'm going to leave now, not in nine months now, but you have to pay me my full severance. So an employer cannot change that those terms of employment. Uh, they can't demote you and, and they can't you know punish you because they've decided to let you go. If that ever happens, uh, before you do anything, of course, you call me. Great stuff, guys. Appreciate everybody reaching out, whether you were texting or phoning in today or sent an email along. Really appreciate the correspondence. You guys tuning in for the uh, complete hour if you did so. Excellent. If not, we'll be back next weekend doing it. But in the meantime, don't uh, hesitate to reach out to Lior and his team. Have your own conversation. That number one more time, one 855 You can email help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website we always push you towards because it's got so much information. It'll answer a lot of your questions before even making the phone call. And you'll have access to that severance calculator, which does what it's programmed to do. Calculate the proper amount of severance you should have. That website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next weekend right here on the Employment Law Show.